Welcome to episode 82 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. Uh, It is the weekend edition for the week of May 26, 2019, the last Sunday of May. And it is episode 82. And I'm going to go off of the ranch here and I'm going to dedicate it to the band Musical Youth, whose hit Past the Duchy came out in 1982. So I'm going to do that. And if you realize right now, uh, Brandon isn't here. Uh, he ended up at his buddy's all day, and I started having a little bit of a trepidation, uh, mainly because we we didn't really pick a time when we were going to record, but we usually record between like 7 and 9, usually on the weekend edition, and I hadn't heard from him. I had sent him messages uh, about what the lineup would be. I sent him some of the mail and things like that, and I was not getting anything back. And then got a garbled message that said, okay, still at my buddies, I be he a lil layer. Uh, I thought uh, basically at that point, I figured that uh, this. The guy is drunk. Yeah, I think that he may have. Then he got home uh, about 10 and said, just got home, can go in 10. I said, okay, send him the link. And he never arrived. It's been about 40 minutes since then. I've been kind of sitting here and again. The guy is drunk. I, I mean, really, it is Memorial Day weekend here in the States. And even though I think that Buffalo is part of Canada, uh, he, I think he was enjoying the weekend. I, I think that he's enjoying the time off. He doesn't get a lot of time off. He has some weird work hours. He, uh, he works for FedEx and uh, they're always delivering. Always delivering the packages. And I think that Brandon is is MIA tonight. So I'm going to do this alone. It's the worst. I hate recording by myself. Uh, usually when this happens, I get a little goofy. So watch out. But I do want to say before we go on to the show that we have a Twitter account, WS Marvel Comics, that you can go. And if you follow us there, I will follow you back as fast. I'd like to say immediately, but as fast as I can hit that follow back button. Because I think that anybody who doesn't follow back people that follow them are jerks. Uh, I follow back everyone. That is my basic MO on Twitter. Because if you are nice enough to follow me and see what I have to say, then I would like to return the favor. Now, if you drop me, I will drop you faster than yesterday's news. So there. Uh, Also, wherever you get this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Pod Addict, all those, uh, if you can leave a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that. I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm not here to rule your life, but it'd be really nice. If you do enjoy the podcast, it'd be a nice little thing. To uh, reach out and give us a rating and review If you don't like it as well uh, You know, you could do that I might get angry I might yell at you on the podcast But still, isn't that all the fun of it? We also have a website where we review all the comics Or at least try to each week We still have not gotten the Marvel review copies There's a little hashtag review copies deal 
for Marvel. Uh, but you can go over to our website at weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. And we also have a Patreon account. And that if you wanted to support us for this podcast, the DC podcast or whatever, and also get a lot of other shows, you can go over to patreon.com slash weird science. And one of the big things that we do is have the patreon spotlight each week the marvel comics patreon spotlight picked by the bad butts of the get fresh crew what up fresh cup crew and this past week we ended up again having a star wars book which is driving both brandon and john jack insane he said uh but this week we ended up doing star wars age of rebellion job of the hut number one and war of the realms punisher number two uh and that was a book if you remember the war of the realms punisher number one was a book that brandon was really enthralled with he liked it enough still he kind of admitted that it pretty much is just a book taking place in in a tunnel so you can't really do that much with that but what they are working with they're doing a good enough job with it but i'm going to start Tonight's podcast, I think I had four books planned. We'll see how this goes. We also have a bunch of mail, um, but we'll see how it goes, see how I'm doing by myself. Like I said, I usually struggle when I'm all by myself. I should start singing that right now. Uh, but we're going to start with Wolverine Infinity Watch number four. That is written by Jerry Dugan, art by Andy McDonald, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. And here is the deal. Loki and Logan must save Hector. From the leader of the fraternity of raptors, Tolinar. While Loki tries to outsmart Tolinar, Logan has been left to defeat a spaceship full of raptors on his own. It's not going great. Hector's being tortured by Tolinar. Loki has disappeared and Logan might die again. And as we knew before, the or we saw before, Logan did not. Logan, the last thing he saw was Loki just disappearing after he pretty much said, I know you're going to turn on me, Loki, and if you do... I'm going to be really angry. And as Logan was getting uh, tackled by these raptors, he ended up seeing Loki pretty much sitting there in a B-boy stance and then disappearing, thinking that he had just disappeared. We we did see that he was up to something else that wasn't really bad, uh, but we'll see. But we start, as we usually do in the series, uh, on Asgard at the end of time. You end up having Phoenix Wolverine, or Phoenix Logan, and King Thor... Looking like they're kind of bored at this point. They're actually having an arm wrestling contest. If you wanted to know, King Thor wins. And they're kind of like, you know what? I got to get going. Yeah, hey, that it was real nice hanging with you a little. I mean, I, I'm surprised that they're leaving at this point. Uh, we'll see because I think some wacky things are going to change in their future before they had gotten out the book to see what was going on. And like, well, everything seems to be going fine. The book and everything. We're still here, at least, you know. So th- they're ending up like, hey, you know, we'll see you next time Ragnarok comes around. I'll see you there. And we kind of leave them there uh, and we go back to our time, but actually go into what is pretty much a dream sequence of Hector's kind of, not a dream sequence, more of a torture sequence. As he's being tortured, he's thinking back to what led to him getting arrested and having all his problems in the first place, even with the stone. Uh, but now we go to the present and he is just getting tortured. I mean, it's awful. At, at points, there are needles sticking in his head, which is bad enough. Looks like swords in his in his neck. And things like that. But as this is going on, they realize and Tolinar uh, realizes that 
he is changing time. He's using the stone to change time a bit. The time with them is a little off from what it should be. Uh, but then we go off to see what's going on with Logan because at that tone are once Wolverine's adamantium skeleton. He's basically like, I want that adamantium. I want to get some of those those animatium claws of my own. Uh, I hope that he doesn't want hot claws, which ends up with they kind of make an appearance in this book, kind of. But I can see that they may not be typically the hot claws, but they're just hot claws because Logan is pretty much being burnt to a crisp. They're trying to burn the skin and everything off of his animanium skeleton. And he's in just this big furnace and it's not working. They're saying it's, we're having problems. We're having problems getting the flesh off of these, this animanium. But as this goes on, bats shows up and he, to me in this issue he he's the selling point. I love bats so much. And bat shows up like, oh no, Logan, you know what? Hey, I'm gonna go in here. And he actually makes the comment like if there is a good thing about this, maybe I'll get a ghost mutant friend. You know, bats, he he needs some ghost friends. Casper is nowhere to be found. So he needs somebody. He's hoping that it is Wolverine, but Wolverine says, Bats, fetch the stick. And that's where Bats goes off and he gets that big bat that they had before with all the crystals and stuff in that. While this is going on, you do have Loki showing up uh, pretending to get Robbie's, you know, Robbie's mother and bring him here to find her son. And it's funny, too, where Bats runs by and she's like, is that a ghost dog? And like, yeah, yeah, they, don't worry about that. Let's go find your son. Now, as this goes on, you can kind of tell what it's going to lead to uh, in the Loki deal. Because when they do go and go to Tolinar and like, hey, this is your mom. Tolinar thinks that Loki is playing jokes on him, playing a trick with his mother when he's really Richard is the trick that he's playing uh, and Tolinar ends up just putting claws right through his mother and kills her. Well, in the meantime, before that, uh, Wolverine Bats gets the bat to Logan, who then uses it pretty much to get out of this furnace and just go ham on all the people. Claws, bat, everything, completely nude. The best part is, obviously, his clothes have been burned off. I wish I get they're burned into my eyes now as butt cheeks because he's running there completely nude with the bat. What are now hot claws, like I said, and just going through these raptors, just going through one after the other, ripping through them to try to get to where Hector and now Loki is. And, you know, Tolnar's mom and all this. Well, like I said, Tolnar's like, you know, enough of your illusions, Loki. I know what you're doing. Ends up killing his mom. But with that. You end up knowing that there's going to be some timey-wimey wonkiness to this. And what it is is Loki saying to Hector, listen, we got to go back in time. We have to do this. And he's like, I can't. I don't know how to do that. That I, I haven't been able to figure it out. And then does it. And you end up where they go. And you're right before the scene of where the mother gets killed. And you have two Hectors that are confused with each other. Everybody thinks that somebody's a duplicate. Logan Bustin is just trying to kill everyone. He's in a, a berserker rage, wanting to know what's going on. Uh, and as all this is going on, then you have the time variance authority shows up. Because what happens is when Hector does take them back in time, in the first time that he's been able to do this, 
uh, they do end up being able to save Tolinar's mother. But then the time cops come in. And I, I don't know about you, but I am a fan of the movie Time Cop. I am a Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, fan through and through. Now, I love Bloodsport. is one of my favorite movies of all time. Time Cop, not a great movie, but I do like it still as a goofy deal. Time Cops come in. And they're like, basically, hey, listen, and it's almost like a combo of time cop slash minority report because they come in and say, listen, you guys are all under arrest. You're under arrest for, you know, time crimes. And like, what do you mean? We didn't do anything. We haven't committed any time crimes. We just kind of went back to save this lady. And they're like, no, 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 not what you committed now, but what you're going to commit later. So which one of you is Hector Batista and awesome? Bats, ghost dog goes, uh, that would be me. Y- you got me. Woof, woof. He ends up winking at Hector. And it's so cool. The, the, it's such a good moment. I, I love, I love ghost dog. But before any of this can happen, so you have everybody here, including the time cops, uh, and all of a sudden in comes Warbringer of the Chitari, uh, and he wants the time stone. So uh, really all of this It's pretty much the poop has all hit the fan. It's complete and utter bedlam. You end up where Wolverine's just like, I'm going to kill you. I I already made you bleed once, so you know I can kill you, and I'm going to do that. And schnicks it out, and it says to be concluded. So pretty much this is just a, you know, bees to the wall fun time. And I'm really enjoying it. I really am. I like the art. I like the humor of it. I love Ghost Dog. And if you would come to me and say, you know, even before Fresh Start said, listen, you're going to get a book with Loki, Wolverine and, and Ghost Dog. I would say, OK, who's Ghost Dog? Because I know Loki and Wolverine, but I, I don't see their connection either. And then you're like, hey, and Wolverine is back from the dead. But then he's Phoenix Logan in the future. I, I would have told you you're insane. I would have said, boy, I'm glad that's why I'm not reading Marvel. But now that I'm reading Marvel and getting into this, it's one of the books I like. And I know it's not getting well uh, reviewed. Uh, a lot of people are pish-poshing this, not liking it. I actually like it. I like it for the fun of it. I like the character work that's going on here. I think that it's pretty funny. I think that Jerry Dugan's going, doing a good job with that. And it's almost at this point, especially with the time cop showing up like this, I'm telling you, I'm enjoying this along the lines of a Cosmic Ghost Rider type deal where it's just this mini series that I can just have fun with. So with that, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, and like I said, if, if you like Cosmic Ghost Rider and like that kind of fun, I think there's some fun to be had here. I think that a lot of people are throwing this, uh, throwing shade at it for no reason. And uh, I don't know, maybe some people can tell me why they don't like it if they don't, but I- I'm really enjoying it. But we're going to go off now to the first bit of mail. There's a bunch of mail sections tonight, so I should start off with... No, it's mail call. Yes, it is. Wrong turn. It's mail call, and the first mail is from Johnny Fresno. And as this goes on, I keep checking to see if Brandon has woken up. He has not. Uh, the guy is drunk. The guy is drunk. Mail section number one, Johnny Fresno is going to start out. My man Johnny Fresno says, weird science, sirs. I can feel the momentum building for those Marvel Advance Review copies. Dispatch, old desert hymnal, shifter douse 98. Let them fight. Tom Beach and others are doing their part. Posting 
liking and retweeting. I'll confess that Let's Talk Stingray is my account. I already had figured that out, Johnny. I actually knew that. I, I laughed because the Let's Let's Talk Stingray uh, deal, I'm like, boy, this this guy and Johnny Fresno are right on the same wavelength. Every time they retweet something, they're right after each other. But yeah, I, I realized that. Hence the reason we like and retweet each other's posts so much. I'm glad. I'm telling you. As, at least this is what I need to do. I need to get an alternate uh, deal because I hate myself. But maybe I would like somebody. Jimmy Quakertown is who I could go with. That other person, I'll like him more than I like myself. And and how can you love anybody if you can't love yourself? People, just remember, the first person that you're going to wake up with in the morning and go to bed at night. And, and you know, you're born into this world as one person. And you're going to leave us that person uh, as well. Try to love them. Try to. I try to. I can't. Uh, hence the reason we like and retweet so much. We will get the hashtag release the review copies hashtag trending yet. I enjoyed the TO episode number 81 of Marvel Comics Review. It was a sweep for War of the Realms. What War of the Realms team would you put TO on? Uh, that would be the War Avengers. It would have to be. He he would be there in the Strike Force War Avengers with Deadpool. And I, I would love to think, and it's more of a Ricky Henderson thing, if people older uh, than a lot of other people will realize what I'm talking about. But uh, T.O., not always a guy who will talk to himself in the third person. That's what you need. And I think Ricky Henderson would be on the War Avengers would be great. You have a good point that many of the War of the Realms teams seem put together by business execs trying to sell a lot of comics rather than by creators for fans. I would love to see the team you described of Russian Red Guard, Dracula's Minions, and the new Agents of Atlas in a short-term team to save the world. And and when, uh, what he was talking about, I said, I'd like to see at least one team of villains. I mean, the the world is coming to an end. Malekith is not just shown up to say, hey, I'm just going to fight the good guys. He, he's going to get rid of everyone. There's these bad guys. They might have to want to say of that as well. So I, I would have loved to have had like some weird team, especially now I know the uh, one villain team would be cool, but where a team would be really neat if you had some disaster happen somewhere and you ended up where some team and their pretty much their big villains have to join together, have to kind of, like I said, the enemy of my enemy is my you know friend, all that sort of deal. I think that would have been pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't look like we're getting that. I think that the bad guys are all hiding. Uh, they have gone off and hit. Uh, speaking of New Agents of Atlas, number two sure was stupid. I think the idea is cool, and I'm buying it to support Greg Pak. I love Greg Pak. I support him on Patreon. I mention our Patreon all the time. I'll mention Greg Pak's Patreon. Uh, it's really cool, and he pretty much gives you like a rundown of what to do to write some comics and things like that. And it's funny. When we first, me and Eric first started the DC Comics podcast, I talked a lot and, and since then have said that pretty much I my end goal for our podcast, for our review site and things like that is to have a review podcast and a review site. There, There is no other ulterior motives with me. I am not trying to become a comic book writer. I'm not trying to become anything fancier than what I am right now. Um, and so that's why I think that 
we don't fake the funk. I think that a lot of people who, you know, they start a website to review comics with the intentions of becoming a comic writer, you're not going to want to burn bridges. You're going to end up, you know, trying to kiss some butt along the way because you want ins throughout that. That's why we never really had these motives. We're just doing this. And that's why most of the creative teams, at least at D.C., Marvel will catch up eventually, but they all hate us because, you know, we're trying to be honest and sometimes honesty hurts. Uh, but uh, with that, I end up going to Greg Pak's Patreon uh, with his tips on re- because actually reading that and reading tips on how to make comics and he has outlines that you can do and how to submit proposals. I think that actually is helping me review comics as well, because I'm reading that with no intention of writing a comic, but liking to see the machinations behind it all, which does let me appreciate the medium a little more in in a different way. So if you are, you know, interested in something like that, like I said, not even if you are wanting to write comics, but maybe you just want a little view on the inside, pull the curtain back and see what's going on. Maybe you can appreciate the comics more. And I love Greg Puck. I'm not loving New Agents of Atlas. And I think there are too many characters in it. I don't think there's enough work with these characters for me to get invested in any of the story. And I really, really want to. Now, an Agents of Atlas book is coming out this summer. And maybe when he gets the space and the time, I can really, because I love the character designs and what little bits we get of some of the characters I really enjoy. Um, I just need more. And I think that that's what Johnny Fresno is going to say as well, because he says, I love Shang-Chi. I would buy dog food if it had a picture of Shang-Chi on the bag and I don't even have a dog. I'll come over. We'll have a buffet. I'm telling you, you little chili. Are you talking wet food or or dry food? Because if it's dry food, I hope it's it's chuck wagon where we can add the water and heat it up, get, get ourselves a gravy going, get some shoelaces in there, make some hobo chili. You know what I'm talking about. The mag had some entertaining moments, like the heroes getting cinder soldier fire by getting them to spit on sit on foil. That was pretty funny. I hope this series can pull something good out of the last issue. Like I said, I think we're going to have to wait until that ongoing series later this summer. Avengers number 19 was my favorite book uh, you reviewed on the podcast. I thought Gorilla Man made the deal with Dracula earlier. Time will tell after Jason Aaron cycles through seven different storylines with all the teams he's juggling. And that's why I actually enjoyed this during this War of the Realms. I think it's a very smart thing, a very clever thing. Uh, Jason Aaron trying to catch up his regular Avengers book while the Avengers are busy doing things. You you know, you're not going to be able to really have an Avengers book per se. So why not get everything done? else up to speed so when the avengers get back when i i don't think i'm gonna spoil anything but i do think they may defeat malekith uh, that that might just be me having high hopes maybe is that possible Oof. but when that happens you know they can come back to a book where we are all caught up we have the you know the agents of wakanda going strong we have the army of the unliving with dracula the winter guard we have all these things going uh you know full bore and really that will make that book even better uh he says we should we should know what happens by christmas that is true but what christmas but what christmas and strike force tom taylor writes with compassion i respect him for that and this crazy world of people trying to show they are edgy do the kids still use that word i i don't think so but i don't know i have too many kids in this house they all say different things 
my vernacular is completely crazy. It is refreshing to have some real emotion. Yes, I'm sticking up for Land of Giants, number one. I, I liked it enough. I just want it more. I agree it told a few jokes, but the stuff with the horses was touching. And, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about me just wanting to review comics and not faking the funk. Tom Taylor is one of those guys. Why I really love him, and he's one of my favorite comic writers now, is you can tell he just loves comics, and he loves writing comics. He, he doesn't write comics like he's looking over his shoulder out the door to see who's going to show up at the party he's just there to write his comics i think that that's like donny cates as well these guys the guys who who really love to write comics you can really tell you can tell those guys and those are the guys i gravitate to uh over at say the uh dc side of things that would be somebody like a jeff johns even though he likes to write comics on his own time frame right now uh but also like a scott snyder i think these guys love the medium of comics it's nothing that they're trying to make more fancy it's not anything that they're embarrassed to do so that they have to try to make it more intellectual than it needs to be they get it that comics a lot of times should be fun it's a funny thing i don't know that that's such a mind blower you know, that it would be a M- Morty's mind blowers here. It's not that. It, comics can be fun, guys. They don't all have to be dark. Are you reading Doctor Strange? Can you tell me more about Barry Kitson? Doctor Strange has been on fire since Barry Kitson joined the creative team. I hope you review Doctor Strange in future podcasts. Funny thing is, we were going to tonight, we were actually going to add the uh, Doctor Strange into the reviews tonight. I And this is, I'm saying us, me, because. I actually read Dispatch's review on the website, which is, in fact, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and he loved it. And I thought, boy, we stopped reading Doctor Strange because I was kind of getting a little burned out by it. But, but, and then I'm looking, I'm like, man, people are really liking it. And I'm like, wait a second, who's this Barry Kitson? Because I said the same thing, and I actually caught up. On the series, I was only, I think I was only three or four issues behind. I actually read them with kind of anticipating maybe doing that issue tonight, uh, the last issue. And uh, we never got to do that because Brandon uh, didn't respond. So I thought, ah, he's not going to catch up. And I, I didn't get ready for that. Um, but boy, it is a lot better. So yeah, I think that like the Immortal Hulk, where we kind of got off of that for a little. I think Dr. Strange will make its way back to the podcast the next uh, issue. If not, maybe since Brandon is doing this nonsense and uh, I just want to tell you, uh, I may be able to convince him. Now, this doesn't help everybody, but maybe I'll convince him to do a couple issues tomorrow with Dr. Strange, maybe uh, one of the issues, maybe X-Force that I was going to do tonight, but I might not now because he's not there. Uh, Maybe we'll do a Dr. Strange X-Force little bonus Memorial Day show for Patreon or something like that, because I know Johnny Fresno is a patron. So uh, you can let me know if that sounds like it would be cool and we can force Brandon into working with a hangover. Once again, the guy is drunk. He is drunk. I now he's. I know he's passed out. Thanks again for making great podcasts. Keep them coming. And I'm going to move on to the next book, which is a book that actually I'm liking more and more. Uh, like you said about that Doctor Strange, that you had that. I'm really enjoying this book as it goes on. Uh, I we ended up not liking, and I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm making this a secret about what book I'm talking about because we kind of 
weren't that crazy when it started, but as it's gone on, it had a one-shot Ferris Bueller issue that really made me like, huh, I might like this book. Any sort of Ferris Bueller issue, I have to get involved with that, right? Yeah, it is Miles Morales' Spider-Man. And I've really been enjoying this. I actually, it's actually shocked me how much I'm enjoying it more and more each issue. And that trend's going to continue with this one. It is Miles Morales Spider Man number six. It is written by Saladin Ahmed and art by Javier Garon. Colors by David Coriel, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Not long ago, Spider Man stopped Lonnie Lincoln, aka Tombstone, from acquiring a bunch of mind controlled hench kits. Well, Lonnie's bounced back, arming a suit and tied gang with high tech guns and dropping bodies in Miles' backyard. Stopping Tombstone is priority number one, but Miles still has school, where just one day brought a tense conversation with his almost girlfriend, Barbara. Who knows? Miles is keeping a big secret from her, and it still is the big secret. That he's Spider-Man or something else. It's still playing along the idea of that where when she finally like, listen, I'm just going to say it. The secret is you go commando. Uh, He's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're right. Vice Principal Dutcher still on his back. I like Vice Principal Dutcher. And I wish they would spell out more of how a Spider-Man fan he is. That made me laugh when we found that out. And fresh new hassle from Bully. Without a cause, Sean. At least Spider-Man caught a lead at Tombstone Safe House that night, or two Tombstone Safe House that night, but someone beat him there and put a serious beat down on all the goons. She's pretty intimidating, pretty indeed, and so far unimpressed by Spider-Man's appearance. And yeah, that is startling. And I'll tell you right now, the art in this issue is great. The art is so good. Javier Garon's art is so awesome here. And pretty much this whole issue is Miles and Starling kind of going back and forth. And you you get some good information about Starling. At the end, a real twist that you end up finding out, which I thought was really, really cool. But you find out she's from Detroit and pretty much doesn't care about secret identities. Now that ties into, again, her grandfather later and her grandfather. It's so good. I'm telling you. Uh, But with Miles, He's just trying to keep pretty much keep Starling for the most part from killing people, even though they are the goons of Tombstone. She is pretty much putting them all into the hospital and he is, you know, trying to stop it. They're kind of, you know, fighting against each other where she just wants to pretty much kill everyone. And of course, Spider-Man doesn't think that's a good idea. And in this first deal, he he's trying to, you know, stop her and things like that. And she ends up realizing that he doesn't want to kill people. And she thinks that's cute. And, and at one point, though, she she is kind of fighting because she doesn't think that he's the real Spider-Man. Because she's like, you're not Spider-Man. He's like, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. Brooklyn has a Spider-Man. You must be new to Brooklyn. And she's like, oh, I oh, I must be new because I don't know you. And he's like, come on now, come. And, and I love it too, because she's like, I'm from Detroit. And he's like, oh man, you're from the D? And I don't know, if you said that in my house, my kids would laugh at me. They really would laugh if I said I was from the D, if you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, you go off and you go back to what I really enjoy Saladin Ahmed's doing with this book. And it's like one of those things where I, I, often say that I don't like when a superhero has a job. Now, obviously, Miles' job is going to school, but I tend to think that 
you end up with not getting enough of one or the other. And of course, people would want to have more of the superhero stuff. And I'm talking over at DC. People will think I'm talking about Superman more the Flash and especially this rebirth run of Joshua Williamson's at the Flash where he, you know, he's a crime scene investigator. But we barely see him do that until it is convenient for whatever story's going on. And, and there are parts where you go a year without ever seeing the hero at his job. And then all of a sudden they just go back like they've been there all along. And we, we've seen they haven't. So it drives me nuts. Saladin Ahmed is making sure that the school and the spideying, if that's a word, get equal time. And because of that, each has ramifications of what the other is doing. And I think that is really, really cool uh, the way it goes. And again, the art's really cool. It looks like, uh, you know, Miles shows up with a Captain Marvel shirt. It looks like the school, which is awesome. But he goes to school and ends up the Sean guy who all of a sudden has something. You know, he has a, a stick up his butt uh, for both Genki and Miles and they're like you know what's Going on with this guy and he's just a Jerk the vice principal comes by Vice principal Dutcher comes by and like You know what's going on here and like Hey you did you did this but He also has a Stick up his butt for Miles And ends up pulling Miles aside Letting the others go and then basically says You are about to be expelled From here and you know can't get expelled Because his dad will kill him And all that I mean really This is his thing and he's trying hard. He really is. And it's not his fault. It's just this Dutcher. Now, is Dutcher going to end up getting a visit from Spider-Man to tell him to back off uh, that he's Miles is his friend? We'll have to see what's going on. But Barbara shows up then. And we're going to go through this, which is a big theme of this book. And it's funny because as Miles is writing in his journal about everything that's going on, which we said, this journal is not something you want to do. Somebody's going to find this. He will not tell his kind of maybe girlfriend, Barbara, his secret identity. And she says, you have a big secret. And I don't like secrets. Secrets are lies and it's nonsense. Are you going to tell me the secret? And he's like, well, no. And she's like, all right, later. See you later. Uh, have a good day. And, and leaves. And, he, you know, he's upset. In the meantime, he gets a message uh, from Starling and, and Starling has gotten this message, you know, had the cell phone. He gave her a number that's encrypted, but they end up at the Brooklyn Heights, you know, tower here where Tombstone is set up in the penthouse. He's like, boy, he's living large. Starling comes in. It's like, you know what? We're going to get up there. And, and he's like, well, let's let's, you know, go about this in a relaxed way. Let's, you know, go up there. Let's think of what's going on. We're going to find out. You know what? And and Starling's like, no, my plan is you just sit here. I'm just going to go up and kill that ugly beep that killed my best friend. And Miles, best friend. And then they go. He ends up and it's it, it kind of is a funny thing. He's crawling up the wall. It's a big building. So he gets up there. And as he comes, fights full on. And she, again, is just maiming. And beating, she has this one guy, she's about to throw him off the side of the building, uh, you know, where's Tombstone, where is he? If, if you don't know, I'm going to drop you off the building. Well, Tombstone comes out with a huge, I, I, it's a powered bazooka uh, energy gun. He's about to kill them all. It has a big sticker on it that says boom, and he's about to kill all of them. She gets shot, but she's okay. 
tells Miles, you go get Tombstone. And he, he's running. He's trying to get everybody out of the way because Tombstone's just firing. He doesn't care. He's killing everybody that's in the way. And he's getting hit. He's getting hit. Uh, he tries to sneak up. He's invisible, tries to sneak up on Tombstone. And I really like this issue for the one thing of it's giving you a little more of Miles' power set if you didn't know that. Because, you know, you know he turns invisible. He's going up. He's sneaking up on Tombstone. But he doesn't shut his mouth. His power set should be to shut his mouth because when you're invisible, you probably shouldn't run your mouth. He goes behind Tombstone. He's like, you boys are gone and I can hit you before you can see. He just gives him one of those like behind the thing fist right into his face. He's dazed. He ends up getting the gun away from Tombstone. They kind of punch each other and he's about to use his venom blast, his super venom blast. Like I said, that's a cool deal to point out the power set. Before it does go, Starling grabs Tombstone and just starts flying him up in the air. And this is one where I, at one point I thought she was just going to fly him into space. Uh, but, you know, she's going to drop him. But as this is going on, Spidey actually gets a hold of her legs uh, with a web. They're going up. He ends up grabbing onto Tombstone. She drops Tombstone. He gets it webbed up and then webs himself to Tombstone with the idea of, listen, Starling, y- you can't. Let both of us die. I'm a good guy, please. And then he even's like, please, I hope she comes and gets me. She does right before they land into the Hudson, it looks like. Uh, And she's like, you know, damn you. Why would you do this? And he's like, no, no, the police will come. And the police do come and get Tombstone. And she ends up telling Miles everything. She takes off her mask, says, hey, my name's Tiana Tombs. My grandpa's Adrian Tombs. And that's where Spidey's like, huh. I recognize that name. Yeah, it's the Vulture. She is the Vulture's granddaughter. I think that is a really, really cool twist. I think it's a very cool twist to have Miles teaming up kind of now. She does, you know, in the D, you go things a little more, you know, harsh. But I like the idea that Miles has a team up with a almost good granddaughter of the Vulture. That's pretty cool. And she's like, you know, I, I got out of Detroit. I'm not heading back. And I, it's it's funny, too, where it seems like Miles is like, well, when you go back to Detroit, you can have some money. She's like, nah, I think I'm going to stay here. Hey, what's your secret identity? Like, she has given him secret identity. He's like, well, you know, I don't really like to give up my secret identity, which is, again, it's a theme with the women in his life besides his mom. Uh he ends up like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, secret identities are cor- uh, corny. My My grandfather... He, he doesn't have one. He ended up robbing uh, 60 banks, 60 banks and never wore a mask. He said that they're nonsense. And she's like, you know, secrets make you vulnerable. And it's a really neat twist to the idea of I need my secret identity to keep everybody around me, you know, safe. Where she points out that she thinks that secret identities and secrets themselves make you vulnerable. And uh, it's funny, too, because you almost think like, well, he has a girlfriend, Barbara, what's going on? And they kind of spell out because he's like, yeah, you know, I guess it's goodbye. She's like, I'm going to stay. I, I, I'm going to hang out in one of my grandfather's uh, apartments. He's like, man, you got your own crib. That's cool. She's like, "Ooh, you're young, aren't you? You're a lot younger than I thought. And uh, that kind of maybe gets them away from being a romantic interest type deal so that you don't have to worry about a love triangle. We'll see. Uh, She goes off. Uh, Miles ends up with some files uh, that he ended up getting 
uh, from Tombstone's uh, deal. He ended up finding that. And so he goes off. He found these in Tombstone's warehouse. At first, I thought it was his journal. He puts it in the back of his uniform. I'm like, oh, where you keep your journal? You're going you're gonna to have some problems with that. It's going to fall down. But in that, here's the uh, the other twist and the cliffhanger, which goes well with the if you had watched the Spider-Verse uh, movie where he ends up looking at these files and finds out that his uncle, it seems to be that his uncle Aaron is in these files. So Miles goes to see him and that's the cliffhanger. It's awesome. I really like this issue. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I thought this Vulture character every step of the way was very intriguing, especially being the granddaughter of the Vulture. I thought that was a really cool twist. And uh, just the, you know, the interaction with them. I thought at one point, I thought that the dialogue in this book was a little over the top. I don't think that anymore. I think that Saladin Ahmed is really, really getting a hang of both Miles and also the other characters in here. You know, the side characters, I think, are done really, really well. Uh, again, if you heard us pish posh this book at one point uh, and and didn't give it a shot, I think you should give it a shot. Now go back and read, uh, you know, the other issues. Uh, we're only on issue six, so uh, it's really good. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. I thought the art and story were really fun. It's kind of what I would want from Miles' book. And then at the end when he goes to his Uncle Aaron, I'm like, boy, I can really get on with this. So I really enjoyed that as well. See, when I'm by myself, it's positive. Positivity, Peter, they call me. But we're going to go to mail section number two uh, now. Yo, it's mail call. Uh, Yes, it is. And the first one is Ulysses Jones from the Ulysses Jones Show. Says, howdy there, Jim and Brandon. Yeah. I'm really loving this podcast. It has helped me get a better understanding of the Marvel Universe, especially since the DC Universe is tying a rope and kicking a chair. And not in a sexy way. However, Marvel is the type of woman that likes to smack you after you've done making out. Marvel has the hardest continuity to follow, in my opinion. I absolutely love The Punisher, but trying to understand where to start and what matters, especially in a character that simply just shoot the guy, rinse and repeat, is extremely difficult. It makes it hard to jump into stories because I feel I'm missing out. My OCD also gets to me, and my idea of starting to read Spider-Man was to get to, uh, go to Amazing Fantasy and work my way up. Those gosh darn first few years are really rough. Yeah, they are. Uh, I'll admit to that as well. I actually am going with the idea. I started at Fresh Start, and I'm even struggling a bit tonight without Brandon. I do lean heavily on Brandon and Double Aaron for continuity stuff, characters. I'm still trying to grasp a lot of these side characters, a lot of these villains. Um, but I'm getting there. You know, I, I think that it's one of those where if you did start at Fresh Start, you start out. And you'll kind of get that idea as you're going of where you do need to go back. One of the big ones, I would say, you start Fresh Start 4, you'll realize right away, hey, it's a fresh start. So if I'm going to want to enjoy this Thor, I better go back and read a lot more of Jason Aaron's run. And I think uh, my, my big suggestion for Ulysses and Jones and anybody else who would be listening would be just start with the characters that you like. You know, if if you like Doctor Strange, start at Fresh Start, read some. If you feel a little confused, you know, look up some stuff, go back a couple arcs before, maybe look up some great, you know, greatest hits or whatever. Because I, even when you're not reading, I'm a big Captain America fan, but yet I hadn't read much Captain America. I just love the character. I love the concept of the character. I love that idea. I'm a big fan of old-timey stuff anyway so having the man out of time deal 
uh, really intrigued me and stuff like that. So when we first started, now I'm saying this, we're not really talking the Captain America book right now, but when we first started Fresh Start, I kind of did go back and read some things that were suggested to me and things like that. But I think that's what you have to do. Uh, Don't go a full sweep like we tried to do, especially me, to do this podcast. I'd say pick three or four characters that you like. Start their fresh start deal. Try to figure out if you're kind of on board with things when something comes up. One One of the greatest things of the Patreon, just to push that real quick, you know, yeah, there you go, uh, is... If uh, Ulysses, you have any problems, there is a Marvel channel in the Slack chat that you get invited to when you become a patron. And people in there are well more versed in anything uh, than I am. And if you have a problem, you just go in and say, hey, you know, what was this? And how? what should I read for that? And everybody's really happy to help. Uh, and, and really, I'm actually very proud recently, uh, especially of the Slack chat, because there are both Marvel and DC fans in there. And there's no fights. There's never somebody, oh, this is better, or that's better, or that's... It's it's a fight-free zone. It is. And I really like that. However, jumping in headfirst into Immortal Hulk was one of the best things coming from your podcast. I've never read a Hulk comic, but this comic has got me by the collar and is having a good time with me. There you go. I should have read one sentence ahead, and that's what I'm saying. Cosmic Ghost Rider is amazing as well, and I agree. Again, though, I don't know how the Punisher got to be the Herald of Galactus and right hand of Thanos, but I have to step back and breathe and just enjoy Frank punching baby Thanos. And yeah, I'll tell you, I I didn't know that either when I first started, and I didn't even think that that was that. You just take it for granted and go with it and then find out later. Find it your own leisure. I recently got a new puppy, and I had a whole collection of comic names that I was trying to convince my family to name him. The first was Victor after Dr. Doom. Then there was Bob after Sentry, Adrian after the Vulture, Thor after Thor, and lazily Lockjaw. You'll have to wait. Call Ghost Dog. You'll have to wait to hear the DC names for the DC podcast. I'd also have a Gabby. You know, it seems like it's a boy, but hey. We ended up choosing Bear. He's a rascal. I'd kill for that dog. Yeah, we have a dog named Mia upstairs, and that name was kind of her name before we got her, and she hates my guts. Snaps at me. Always snapping at me. I I don't understand. I'm so nice to her, too. She just don't like me. I I don't know. And also, if I get anywhere near Tanya, she spazzes out. And I told Tanya, I said this on the DC podcast, this just points out that there's not much affection coming my way from my wife when the dog doesn't think that a simple hug is appropriate. It's like, I don't even know. It's it's the craziest dog. Uh, and all of a sudden, all our cats who hated my guts are all my friends now. They all follow me around. A male last week asked about tattoos and what you would have on your body. I want to get all of the Green Lantern logos on my arms and possibly the Punisher Skull and Hydra logo. Hell, Hydra. For the new father, I suggest reading Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe. Destroy their innocence early. I can promise you, and that was Johnny Fresno, the side effects are not that bad, as I've turned out to be a moderately stable man. He, he says this. He told me later that he wrote this while on Ambien. That's what he told me uh, off the deal. I don't know if you want uh, your kid to read The Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe, which I wasn't enjoying anyway. Thank you, Jim and Brandon, for what you do. Thanks for the uh, GFC for supporting these buds. Y'all are great. Everything great. Keep being great. Thank you.
And the next mail, and the last mail of this section, is from Antonio V. He says, hey guys, I hope everything is well. I wanted to write in to give you guys some thoughts about news and such that have happened recently. First, looking at August's cover solicitations gets me really excited for the Sue Storm miniseries and for Jane's return as Valkyrie. I am aware that, or turn as Valkyrie, I'm aware that not everyone is extremely jazzed about those books. I am. But they look awesome. I agree. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm, there's, it's a no-judgment zone. I, I went to Workout Plus for a while, and they had a no-judgment zone there. I'm saying this is now the Workout Plus of the, uh, the deal. And I think, is, is that what I went to? I can't remember. It was some gym. No, no, no restrictions. I don't even know what I'm saying. Though. I tend to gravitate towards female characters more because I find that they sometimes can be more interesting and complex. So I hope these will be entertaining and well received. I think everybody in the Slack chat missed what I think was the biggest news of the week. That being Gwenpool is back. Yes, that was on my uh, Patreon's uh, news show. I knew Brandon was happy. Everybody was focusing on a guy named Tim Queen. I think that was Tom King losing his pet bat. Obviously, I am being sarcastic. I'm bummed. That is not an ongoing, but rather a five-issue miniseries. But it is. It's almost like it's funny because you have, you know, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. You just like we were just talking about Punisher kills the Marvel Universe. This seems to be Gwenpool gets rid of Spider-Man's identity. That's what it all seems to be about. But at least she has not been forgotten yet. I'm a bit apprehensive of the art and writer as sometimes not everyone is able to get her right. I know Brandon can agree with me on this. He probably would. The writer has an insane Twitter. I think she might get it. We'll see. However, I will still check her out in the hopes that her series will get revived and because it's Gwenpool. It would be awesome to get the storyline that Chris Hastings planned for which is Gwenpool having to go back in time, fix the Marvel timeline because evil Gwen messed things up. Basically Cosmic Ghost Rider, but I feel it would have been a better fit on Gwen. I am good friends with my local comic shop owner and it seems that people are losing interest in War of the Realms. She told me that a good chunk of people are dropping it because the tie-ins make it a mess to read. I, I Here's the thing. If you're going to drop it, because the tie-ins are a mess, and I, I understand, that's one of Brandon's triggers, is the idea that these things are so thrown together and you're getting one thing that happens after another thing and the tension's out because we've already seen it. I understand that. I still think you should get the main book, though. Get the, even though even that seems at points to be a clip show, but I don't know. I, I'm into it. I'm into it. It's It's my first big Marvel event, so I'm kind of you know into it and having some fun with it. There's some books I'm not reading, Journey in the Mystery. I'm not going near that. I have that on my tablet. I looked. I was looking to see. I, I have a section on my tablet of pretty much uh, catch up. And, and as a joke, I do have it labeled catch up dot 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 and mustard to make myself giggle. I know that that, that isn't the best <laughs> joke, there, but it made me giggle once. Um, but yeah, Journey in the Mystery is in there. I'm like, yeah, I should just delete that. But she said. That the story is not bad, but it could have been planned uh, better and better executed. However, she feels that people who read in trades like myself will have an easier time reading it. I really want to see, and I was going to mention this on the weekday show, I really am interested to see how they're going to cobble it together and see kind of the timeline and see if they do adjust it to the time that these should have come out. So then when you go and read it, 
the trade, it'll almost be like you're reading. It's, you know, it's new to you then because it's all going to be in a different time frame of how it's coming out and it'll make more sense. I thought it was something interesting to mention. Also, it seems that more of my favorite characters are unsurprisingly being canceled. And maybe I am uh, that guy from the Browns, even though I am a Dolphins fan. My son, Rafe, is a huge Browns fan. And boy, if you don't know, we live right outside of Philadelphia here. Brandon's in Buffalo, but I'm right outside of Philadelphia. And I would I kill for the Eagles. They're my team. Uh, And he jumped ship after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. The next year, Rafe, my son, decides he's just going to be a Browns fan. And now they, they picked up since then. And now he thinks he's, you know, fancy down the hall down there with he has like seven seven browns jerseys now i was sad to see wasp get canceled because i love nadia i love nadia so much especially since they did such a good job of handling her bipolar disorder and yeah they really did i actually had my wife read that this weekend uh i had her read uh the first issue when she first when you first saw that she was bipolar and just to to tell you my wife is bipolar my wife has severe ptsd and bipolar and she even got it like right away. She said, boy, this is really well written. This is well written to the point where you realize she has bipolar before they tell you she has bipolar. So if you knew those signs, it, it was heartbreaking. But sometimes mental disorders are not handled in the most tactful ways. But I'm always very thankful when they are. And it really was well done. The one cancellation that surprised me was Squirrel Girl because she had such a long run and a strong following. It seems odd. That book is not selling. Look at the sales. I know that it, it, it's like one of those where me and Eric points will say, I'm like, hey, Eric, would you rather have 10,000 people listening that would do anything and are hardcore fans? Or would you rather have 7 million people listening? And Eric says, I'd rather have 7 million people listening. But no, Squirrel Girl has a huge following in her following. But it's not a huge comic book following, and the sales are not good. I was waiting for this book to be canceled, and it's one of my favorites. So it does. I'm not saying this throwing shade. I even said this on the the news show as well um, because I really like it. And it got to 50. I mean, really, not a lot of books get to 50. At least it appears that the I don't. I'm not going to make it to 50. At least it appears that the creative team is ending it on their own terms, which is good. But hopefully it is not the last we see of her. I don't think it will be. Uh, She's just too good a character, especially for young kids. And from what I've heard, the reason why the book has stuck around for the most part is because it's popular in schools. They have, you know, sent trades and things like that. So if anything, I think we're going to see like an all ages type thing with her down the line and things like that she is one of the characters that pull me in the comics because of her quirky nature and just how ridiculous she is i signed up for the marvel unlimited app because i do not have the money to go back and buy everything i would like to read i love that app i'm currently reading ksd captain marvel which i really like and i like it it's always uh, rewarding learning more about your favorite characters i also had a, and and i'll go back to what when luke hollywood was talking I'm, what, uh, what's it called? Antonio. I'm sorry. Antonio, there's a great idea. If you want to go and do this, you know, pick your favorite characters, get the Marvel app for at least a month or two. Check out those books because Fresh Start is on there. The beginnings of Fresh Start are on there. And you can read and, and then pick what you want, and not waste money and stuff like that. So I'm glad that Antonio brought that up. Um, 
but I have to get back to where I was now. It's always rewarding learning more about your favorite characters. I also added Mighty Thor and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur because it seems Jim highly recommends it. Another thing, and, and just think of this. When when people talk about their style of books, and, and here I am, people think I'm this miserable, grumpy guy. Oh, look at him. I, I mentioned now some of my favorite characters, Wasp, Gabby, uh, Squirrel Girl, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur. I mean, really, there, there is a trend here of what I like because I like to have fun, and I like fun, nice books. Is there anything semi-current that you guys would recommend I check out apart from those titles? Well, well, I'll think about it as I go. As Also, you guys were asking about kid-friendly books. I think Superior Spider-Man, if you're not reading that, I really enjoy that. Um, I actually think that you could grab onto those Marvel Rising books that are pretty cool uh, for what you seem to like. Uh, again, you might like to go back and with the app if you haven't read All New Wolverine with Gabby and Laura that Tom Taylor did before Fresh Start. I think you would love that as well. And he's there. Is there anything? Some, uh, uh, also, you guys were asking about kid-friendly books, and there is a Marvel Rising <laughs> series. See, I always should read ahead. With Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel, that might be worth checking out. I like it. I also want to give a shout-out to the guys in the Slack. While most of us may not agree on certain characters or stories, everyone is always respectful of different viewpoints, even if they do not agree with them. Uh, lastly, uh, there hasn't been enough food talk for my taste, so I know where you guys stand on promotional cereals. Uh, there's actually, I just saw again, there is a Garbage Pail Kids cereal, and I need to get my hands on it. You can only get it at FYE or online. I think I have to order it online. It's like crispy crispy rice and, and barf bits, something like that. I need it. But what about ice cream? I'll tell you. I have some ideas of ice cream, he says. I know DC's Trinity has a chocolate for Batman, which I have not tried because I'm not a fan of chocolate. A birthday cake for Superman, which is disgusting, and a caramel lasso for Wonder Woman, which I think is delicious. It's funny. I actually didn't mind the birthday cake for Superman ice cream. I've had all these, and I actually like the Batman, and the Wonder Woman is delicious as well. Thanks for reading. Uh, my favorite ice cream probably right now and probably of all time is uh, fish food from Ben and Jerry's. I love that ice cream. I love it so much. I was telling Eric about it the other day and I'm like, it's like each each little container is a mystery and an adventure because you may open it up and on top of the one time it'll be all marshmallow and then the next time it's, it's all the chocolate ice cream with, with the caramel ribbon and I told him, I'm like, I love when I get it. I need a lot of that marshmallow. Also, another thing was the Reese's Pieces Sunday at Friendly's. Boy, that was one of my favorites growing up. Thanks for reading. Please continue the great work on the shows and keep being awesome. This isn't necessarily for the podcast, but I'm hoping that Reggie continues to get better. And that's a shout out to Reggie, who I, I didn't say anything on this podcast only because uh, I didn't know if people would know him on this show as much. But our buddy Reggie, who does the DC Comics podcast with us, uh, ended up having a massive heart attack stroke thing. And uh, is in bad shape He's getting better He's slowly getting better But it's kind of like One of those things That's up and down And it, it really is breaking my heart It, it really is And uh, yeah Just to shout out uh, Even if you don't know Reggie Or never heard him On our DC podcast If you can kind of Give him some good vibes Is what I'm telling people to do If you pray If you don't pray You can cross your fingers 
just kind of say a couple words and stuff like that because he's hurting and his family's hurting because of that. And and I consider all of us that, you know, in the podcast and stuff like that part of his family as well. I have not listened to many of the podcasts he is in or know him that well, but he seems like a great person and he is. Hopefully he continues to improve because I can see that he means a lot to you guys. And he does. He's one of those guys that keeps me in check a lot of time with my craziness because I don't know if you'll realize this, but I'm crazy. I'm crazy insane. And I will often go off the deep end sometimes where I, I don't even I just get crazy with stuff. And he's there and always has been there to kind of reel me back and basically does it by laughing at me. And then I realize how ridiculous I'm being. And I'm talking about this is me getting in fights with people on Twitter. That sort of crazy. Or, you know, I'm going to do 17 podcasts because this one person said I was lazy and he's always there to just tell me I'm ridiculous and, and reel me back. And I, I always appreciate that from him. And I I miss him dearly. It's been a week now. And I just I just want to talk to him again and, and do that. So give him some good vibes. So that's the end of the mail section there. And I'm going to go off to my last book of the night. And that is a War of the Realms tie-in, kind of. And that is Venom number 14, written by Cullen Bunn, illustrated by Ivan Coella, colors by Andre Smosa, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And I'm not even, I almost started that after laying waste to the Nine of the Telm Realms thing. I, I mean, really, I, I think Malekith gets paid by each time you say that. He gets a nickel each time somebody reads that. Malekith opened a portal in New York where Eddie Brock and his son Dylan have just arrived. Now Frost Giants and Dark Elves roam the streets and Eddie, no longer bonded with the alien symbiote Venom, was offered a dreamstone from the War Witches. Now Eddie must battle his way through Malekith's army, including the menacing Jack O. Lantern. And yeah, this issue, and and obviously since you had the Venom book, it really... Ended in a weird way to go into the War of the Realms. Eddie doesn't have the symbiote. So right there, you're like, really? Like, how is this going to work? How? And, and we've seen the symbiote showing up in other books. So with this, like it said in that blurb, Eddie was given a wish, a dreamstone type deal from the War Witches. And he ended up wishing for well, to be Venom again. But it's this kind of magical War of the Realms Venom. He's going out there to protect pretty much Dylan, but's left Dylan, his son, behind in the warehouse where he has his guns and all that. And also his K rations, which makes me laugh because uh, I, I haven't talked a lot about my dad on this podcast, but on the DC podcast, people will laugh if they know because my dad was a big fat. So he was huge. He was 600 pounds. I mean, I'm not this is not fat shaming. This is just reality. He was a big man. We'll say, and he was not very nice to me, but he loved to eat. He ended up one of the things that he did give me, not in his will, but by his nature and nurture. This is more of a nurture thing that he gave me is he loved unique and weird food. So for and, and also I was a guinea pig for him. So if he would decide that he out of the blue is going to make beef tongue i am gonna have to eat it with him and he would say to me jimmy we're gonna eat beef tongue and i'd say that sounds disgusting and he'd tell me to shut my mouth and so i'd have to and and i i will also say that this was before 
Twitter and all these, he got a little handsy. He he would give me a backhand if he had to, uh, or even if he didn't. If I disagreed with him, he, he might hit me. And again, I say this, I didn't exactly like it, but hey, I, I dealt with it. And boy, it made me the, the crazy person I am today. But yeah, if he would say, it, it was one of those things with my dad. If he would say, hey, we're, you're going to do this with me. And then I would say, I really don't want to. Sometimes he'd be like, well, okay, go screw yourself. But if he would come back with the, you're going to do that, I, I knew I had to do it. There was no, no, uh, after that, I was doing it. And that did happen with Beef Tongue. But what uh, this leads into is one point, my dad, and my dad was a, a vet. He was in the Air Force. And he really got a hankering for those army rations, those, you know, military rations. So he ended up ordering just an insane amount from Texas, a place in Texas. They came in about three big boxes. And for about a month, my dad and me would eat these K rations. We'd eat these military rations. And Dylan has one of those. He's opening it up. And I I don't know that a lot of people even realize what these are when he does that. But he opens it up and he has this thing and he's like, what? I'm supposed to eat this? And I'm telling you, Dylan... You got it lucky. That just looks like a cracker. I'm telling you, some of that stuff is just awful. Obviously, it's made so you can just eat it in the middle of a desert, underwater, wherever. Oh, disgusting. But my dad, again, though, I actually appreciate that my dad ended up making me enjoy. And and it's one of those things I will try anything. I really will because of that. So, yeah, I'll give a shout out to you. Papa. Papa's in heaven now. He died. That's what happens to 600-pound men. There's a little warning for you all. Don't go 600 pounds through your life. You're going to end up having a heart attack. Um, But, yeah, he's there. So we see that Dylan's okay. So we go off to Venom. And Venom is just ripping through New York City with this, you know, and it's Eddie. I I say Venom, but it's more Eddie with this War of the Realm symbiote deal. So it is him. It's not one of those we-type deals. Um But you get a little bit more of the rules in this. And I think that's one of the major things in this issue is you find out that the only way you can keep this whole thing going is by being angry. So as this is going on, he remembers some things that gets him angry that will keep this suit and this Venom symbiote deal, this magical symbiote going. He remembers the car crash when he was younger. He remembers getting hit by his father. I mean, some of these things get pretty pretty intense and while he's doing this he gets attacked by jack-o'-lantern and pretty much this is a back and forth and it seems like while we're going to be in this venom book you're going to have to deal with jack-o'-lantern through this i don't mind jack-o'-lantern they even point out he was in the first issue lost an eye he's pretty pissed off at at eddie eddie's just like you know pretty much eddie's big thing in this is to protect Dylan as some, but as this is going on, it's more of the idea of basically keeping this whole symbiote deal going on. And while this does go on, it does change as it goes. Now he is fighting Jack-O-Lantern. He's fighting Hellhounds. He's fighting Frost Giants. He's going through all these things, uh, which again, it's a very quick issue. Uh, There is not much to it. I'm almost done. And really, I haven't really said anything. He ends up fighting 
and he ends up getting burned. He gets Jekyll and hits him with the fire. He ends up kind of changing. The symbiote changes. He actually throws some shade at the war witches, basically, and, and Jekyll and does too. Like they have this ulterior motive of what they're doing. They are trying to get Eddie to completely go, you know, bonkers and join up with Malekith so that Malekith has venom there. Uh, he is trying to remain rooted in his humanity as as the witch said he won't. Um, but that is what Jack O'Lantern's pretty much his job is to try to get Eddie to do this. Jack O'Lantern has plans of his own, even says to the war witch, hey, you know, I'm doing this right now because you're kind of doing what I want to do. But, you know, I'm not really down with you. Look at you. Your eyeballs popping out. It's hanging from your head. You got a bunch of them. You're ugly. You're old. He don't like that. Jack O'Lantern ain't playing that. So he ends up going off. But Eddie ends up, the symbiote suit deal, magical symbiote, turns into pretty much Asgardian armor and ends up being more of this, you know, living suit of Asgardian armor, which seems to be maybe what is supposed to happen. Maybe not. But, you know, this plan of what's going on, they're really trying to get Eddie to kind of go to the dark side. Uh so as this is going on, that you, you have Jack O'Lantern and Eddie kind of trash talking, fighting. Jack O'Lantern's just like, eh, the, the heck with you. You know, I don't care what you're doing. I'm going off now. I'm just going to set fire to the entire city. And as this is going on, you get the idea that the warehouse that Dylan is in is on fire because he starts, you know, boy, it's getting hot in here. A little hot under the collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, ends up where it looks like. Eddie's going to have to go save his son, which I'm sure he will. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a quick deal. Uh, basically, to me, it's here to set up Jack O'Lantern as being the villain in here with the War Witches. Also, and he was already, he showed up last issue, but also to give you a little more of the rules of how Eddie has to maintain things. He has to be angry, which kind of, you know, I don't know that I want Eddie to go completely angry just to keep this thing going because He's got to keep his mind to him. He's got a son. His son's in trouble. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, the art I like. I like the art. The, the actual story, though, and all, I, I can't give it more than a seven. I could even go down to a six, five just because there really isn't much to this. And this last two issues, it's like one of those like, OK, if you were reading Venom and not going into the War of the Realms, then you're dropping this book until Donny Cates gets back and the whole thing going on this summer. Um, if you're reading War of the Realms, I'm not going to tell you that this is any bit of a book that is necessary. So it's caught between, you know, a rock and a hard place. And it's not really good on either side. Now, for somebody like me who is reading and reviewing, trying to do most of them and going through it, it's not my least favorite issue. So, you know, in my situation where I'm just here doing every book, I don't mind. But if this is something that you're going to the store and wondering well, you know, I really like that Venom. Or even the, the big thing is, man, I heard a lot of good things about Venom. And and I hope that this whole thing doesn't stop that momentum that Venom had. I, I hope that it isn't one of those things because some people aren't as in the know as other people. You know, some people are afraid to ask questions to the comic shop owners and things like that. They may have picked up these last two issues and like, man, what happened? This book was so good before and now it's just kind of okay. And maybe, uh, I guess, Donny Cates is off, even if they know that. I know I talked to Eric when he was a kid. He had no idea who was on a book. He never looked at the credits. He'd just read the book and go. So I hope that this doesn't stop the momentum 
that Venom had because, boy, it had some momentum, especially for, you know, a Venom book. It really shocked me how well it was selling. And it is Donny Cates, you know, 100 percent. The story and Ryan Stegman. So you're, you're there. And like I said, the art is not bad in this. I like the art. It's not Ryan Stegman. And this writing, Cullen Bunn does an okay job. You have to remember what he's given here. He's given an Eddie Brock without a symbiote, told to throw into the War of the Realms and then go with what happens. That That's a lot to throw at Cullen Bunn. And I think that he's doing a really good job of what he was given. I'm still not saying that it's necessary or anything like that, but he's doing a heck of a job for you know the the team that he was given to put out on the field and so but again if somebody's picking up like man i heard about this venom what the heck jack-o'-lantern and more of the realms and now he's as guardian armor this is wacky and then stops reading so we'll see when it comes up this summer but maybe that might be a misfire maybe they shouldn't have done that but it gives donny kate some time off to get ready for the big stories coming uh, with Carnage as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'm going to give it a 6.5. I can't go 7. Uh, so 6.5, and that will be it. And I will have to apologize. I am going to shift a mail that was from Dispatch. I'm going to shift that onto the podcast that we'll probably end up doing tomorrow on the Patreon. I hope that he doesn't get that upset with it. Uh, because it is a, a pretty much a Brandon-centered, uh, you know, uh, mail. It really wouldn't make a lot of sense for me to read it myself. And then I, I could do a Brandon impersonation. It, it would be like this: Hey, Brandon, what's your favorite Spidey book? There you go. I think that he'll get a kick of it. I'm sure he'll listen to this podcast and, and see if I threw shade at him. Uh, but I'm not going to throw shade at him. The guy. It's drunk. The guy is drunk. It's from Buffalo. Buffalo, the day before a, a day off holiday, who would ever expect anybody from Buffalo to either be sober that day uh, or ev- be able to do anything past, say, 9 o'clock at night? They passed out. Passed out to them is time travel to the next day so that you can drink on Memorial Day because I'm sure I'm saying all this. I'm going to end up doing another podcast myself tomorrow, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. He never did respond. And I actually, I wanted to, as I was doing this, I ended up doing this uh, fully in one shot. I I was going to stop between books and things like that, but I ended up not because I did send him the link and thought that he might join in at some point while I was recording, but he did not. He did not. The guy is drunk. drunk. I can't believe it. I like the killing. Yeah, so that's it. Thanks, everybody. Again, I'll mention all of our things. WS Marvel Comics is our Twitter. I will follow all of you back. And if you want to talk to me personally, you can DM me on Twitter, and I'll respond to everybody. And we can have a lot of conversations. Sometimes Brandon even jumps in when he's not drunk. And uh, we have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where we try to review all the books. We would review all the books if we had the review copies. There's a little hint, hint. Nudge, nudge there, Marvel, if you're listening. And we also have the Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where we do a lot of things, like I said, including the Marvel Comics Patreon Spotlight, which is two books, comes out every Wednesday. So you get a really quick jump on the week with the two books picked by the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew, beep, boop. And we ended up doing Star Wars Age of Rebellion, Job of the Hut number one, and War of the Realms Punisher number two. In the meantime, I'm going to look right now to see what's leading for next week. It looks like the early winners so far, the ones that are pulling ahead, would be Daredevil number six, 
and Major X number four. <laughs> oh, you Rob Liefeld fans. But yeah, those are what are leading Fantastic Four number 10s right behind those. So we'll see how that goes. Also, this week, it's the end of May. So we have a bunch of uh, podcasts hitting. Me and Brandon are going to be doing the Back Issues podcast where we go on the Marvel app, look up an issue from the past and talk about it like we do the books on here. And we're going to be talking about Groot's first appearance that is going to be on one of the shows this week. And also we're going to continue with part two of the Cree Scroll War event podcast. Me and Brandon, every month we have an episode of our Marvel event. Events podcast, and after we're done the Cree Scroll War, it's the Avengers Defenders War. I believe is the next event that we're going to be talking about. So, if you like the idea of those things that are Marvel esque, we also have an indie comics podcast that comes out every Thursday where we review one book that's picked by the bad butts. Uh, we also have a DC Comics spotlight that is two books DC wise that comes out every Thursday. There's a lot of shows. I, I said there's over thirty episodes of shows. Each and every month, we try to make it well worth your while at every level. We have a pop culture podcast where me and Eric go through pop culture news, have some fun with that. I have a cartoon podcast that I do with Reggie. Now, with Reggie, uh, in you know having issues, I'm going to do an an episode without him. I wasn't going to, but I decided to, so I'm doing it on the Pro Stars uh, cartoon. That had uh, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and Bo Jackson in it. If you don't know what that is, it's pretty funny. It's wacky what they end up. Wayne Gretzky, you would think they would have him play a little hockey in that. Pretty much he's he's shaggy. He only wants to eat food. That's it. He's always looking for food. But yeah, we have a lot of shows, so I, I'm extending this a little too much. Uh, I apologize for it just being me tonight. I hope that you can forgive me for that. I hope I didn't uh, bore everybody. And uh, Brandon will be back. And also with the Patreon, we should have that other show tomorrow uh, for that. So we'll see how that goes. But thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you in a couple of days. And I'm